0: Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, ARC, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Come on, praise God like he's about to answer your prayers. Praise God like he's about to set you free. Come on, praise him until you've given him the best praise you can. Come on, we're not talking about a president. We're not talking about an athlete. We're talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's worthy of all of our praise. Come on, do you want him to move in this house? Do you want God to speak to you? Come on, would you lift your hands right now? Come on, and lift up a worship that's only for Jesus. Lift up a worship that belongs to Jesus. Come on, we love you, Jesus. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Something swept in here, and I believe God is about to have his way. Amen. Amen. I know it's a Monday night. Amen. And it's my, (laughs) praise God, it's my birthday tomorrow. And I told my wife, amen, we're going to drive home tomorrow to be in a service at home. But I told my wife how blessed I am to be able to do what I love to do the most, amen, and um, I don't have, amen, a B game when it comes to the things of God, and so, amen, tonight you're going to get my very best, and I pray that you would give your very best to Jesus, something tells me if we both give our best to Jesus, God's going to move in this house, somebody say amen, if you have your Bibles, let's open very quickly to Mark chapter 5, just a little bit longer of a reading today, but I'm going to read it now. So that we can paraphrase later on, Mark chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 1 through 17. While you turn there, I do give honor again to your pastor and his wife. Um, They have taken incredibly great care of us while we're out here. Um, I almost feel bad, amen, amen, Uh, but they, they have taken very great care of us, and I'm so thankful for the revival that's happening here in Carson City, and I'm excited to come back, amen. I'm excited to come back. I believe, amen, that God is going to start pouring out his spirit. I bu- I'm believing God for great things. I'm thankful that my wife is here. Amen. I love and appreciate her. And we're probably, we'll we probably have to have her sing or testify, amen, one of these services. Amen. 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 And so, amen, Mark chapter 5. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Starting at verse number one, the Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, I adjure thee and by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. The herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, They went out to see what it was that was done, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine, and they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. Amen. Amen. Yesterday, I felt a minister. Today, I feel a challenge. I'm going to preach to you from this subject today, contending with the spirit of Gadara. Contending with the spirit of Gadara. Can you set your Bibles down? Could you lift your hands? Could you help me pray that God would have his way tonight? Come on, would you really pray right now for God to have his way? God, we love you. We praise you. God, not all moments are created equal. Tonight we're in your presence, God. And I pray that you would have your way. I pray that your word would convict us. I pray that your word would challenge us. I pray that your word would push us to new heights. I pray that your word would encourage us. I pray that we would have a move of the Holy Ghost tonight. And I pray, God, that your spirit would have its way. We'll give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Come on, would you put your hands together one more time? Come on, one more time. Put your hands together. Give God the praise. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. contending with the spirit of Gadara. One important thing to understand about Scripture is that contrary to our societal norms, the Word of God is not interested in giving us every minute detail of the stories that are contained within its pages. But what the Word of God does is highlight the information that is pertinent to the message and lesson that it is trying to convey to its readers. Such is the case in the story of the demoniac told in our scripture text. Although this story is told in each of the synoptic gospels and offers a few different details and viewpoints, we still do not have much of anything in the way of background to how this man ended up in the state and the condition We find him in. And so, based on the underlying context of this passage of Scripture, all we can do is speculate. We do not know if the condition of this man was a gradual decline into the abyss. We don't know if it was an abrupt eruption of turmoil. We do not know if he grew up in an abusive home or if his state of depravity was the result of losing a loved one and becoming consumed with grief. Was this crazed demoniac a rogue man devoid of care or interest in the things of God, or was he a simple man who had slowly over the course of time lost his way? Perhaps this demoniac was a normal man who had sunken into an inescapable pit, or was he a criminal full of malice and dangerous intentions. The Bible does not give us this information. It does not give us his backstory. And in fact, the Bible does not even give us this man's name. But for all the information we lack about this man, we do have plenty of information on how the society in which he lived viewed him. They did not look on this man and his plight with compassion. They looked at him as an inconvenience, a nuisance, a problem that needed to be put away. The Bible tells us in verse 4 that this is how they would deal with this demoniac, this man who was trying to kill himself. They would bind him with fetters and chains. These are manacles that lock your feet and hands together prohibiting movement, and the ability to find the comfortable position in which to rest. And so great was this society and community's disdain for this man that the Bible tells us that he would run to the mountains and tombs night and day. Something between the loneliness, the disdain of society, and the manifestation of the legions of demons caused this man to live where no one should live, in tombs. I believe as these demonic spirits manifested themselves, they would overwhelm him with the spirit of suicide. I believe he felt most comfortable in grave sites because he had most likely lost the will to live. We know this because the Bible tells us that he would sit in tombs alone crying, and cutting himself with stones. There was no way that he could continue on in this condition. Tormented and plagued a host of spirits influencing his every decision and making life unbearable. Society didn't care about him. If he had any family, they didn't care about him. There was no one that was looking on this man with compassion. But in spite of his condition, And in spite of his torment and in spite of the malice and contempt with which society viewed and treated him, I'm reminded in this story that even in the lowest and darkest moments of life, that there is a reason to have hope and there is always a reason to hold on. I say this, I say this because if you go back just one chapter, The Bible tells us how Jesus looks at his disciples on the banks of Galilee and tells them that they're going to pass over to the other side. And as they're passing over, a great storm arises. Jesus was asleep on the boat. The disciples cry out, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind and says to the sea, peace be still. There's something I want you to see here. There's something scripture is speaking to us if we look close enough. We know that God created the universe and nature itself is obedient to the laws in which God has put in place. So the fact that Jesus had to rebuke the wind speaks to the fact that it was acting in a manner that was contrary to its normal limitations. It's my belief that this storm rose because just on the other side, there was a legion of devils and principalities that did not want Jesus to come and deliver this man. If you read through scripture, you also have the foresight to know that Jesus would come and deliver this man, and he never would return to Gadara again. That would mean that the only reason Jesus had the disciples enter the ship was to pass over to the other side and deliver this demoniac. I said all of that to say this, you here tonight under the sound of my voice may be going through the trial of a lifetime. You may feel isolated. You may feel rejected and defeated. And although, hear me, your circumstances and environment may not have changed, we have to understand that God is speaking peace to storms, uh, and God is already working on our behalf. I want to preach from the offset of this sermon a revelation that understands just because God hasn't shown up in my environment doesn't mean that God hasn't been working on my behalf. I need someone to catch that this, after, this evening. Just because God hasn't shown up where you are doesn't mean that Jesus isn't coming to deliver you, that Jesus isn't speaking peace to storms. That's why we have to be ruled by what we know like we talked about and not by what we see. Because think about this. As this demoniac is cutting himself, As this demoniac is being bound again with chains and fetters, uh, as this demoniac is wanting to kill himself, uh, Jesus is speaking peace to storms and devils uh, so that he could get to where this man is. Uh, And I'm trying to help somebody because you're getting frustrated because Jesus uh, hasn't shown up in your home, uh, hasn't shown up in your circumstance, uh, hasn't shown up in your situation. But I've come to tell you just because he hasn't shown up yet uh, doesn't mean he isn't speaking peace to storms. Amen. Let me put this where we to where we live. The money hasn't shown up in your account yet, but I believe that God is preparing hearts to give. My children have not walked back into the house of God, but there are circumstances that are softening their hearts. The job recruiter may not have called you yet, but there's a company that's about to say we're hiring. Hear me, somebody, just because you have questions doesn't mean that God isn't preparing your answers. You just got to learn how to wait on the Lord. You just got to learn how to wait on the Lord. I don't see him yet. He feels a thousand miles away, but I serve a God in Hebrews thirteen five that tells me he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. Amen. I don't have to be afraid. Come on. I don't have to drown in depression just because he hasn't shown up. God is already working. God is already moving. God is already transforming lives. Amen. Your loved one hasn't shown up yet, but God is working on them. Come on, don't stop praying. God is working on them. Come on. I feel to tell somebody today, uh, there are prayers that you're praying uh, that is causing God to move uh, in areas that you can't see. Uh, You got to trust God even when you can't see what he's doing. Uh, You got to trust God even when you don't understand what he's doing. Uh, But I just believe uh, if I keep praying, uh, God is on a God is calming storms on my behalf would you clap your hands and give God the glory amen 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 God is working on your behalf God is moving Amen. And we're praying. We're praying for a new building. I believe that God is putting things in motion. Amen. I don't know what church building it is. I don't know what building it is, but I feel like God uh, is already working circumstances out uh, for you to have favor, for you to have dominion. Uh, I'm telling you, God hears every prayer. God hears every cry. Uh, God sees every tear that falls down your face. Uh, Don't you stop praying for that, baby. Don't you stop praying for your family. Don't you stop praying for your church. Uh, God is working uh, and God is moving. Can I tell you, I prayed for my father for 25 years. You can't tell me that just because he didn't walk in the first time I started praying uh, that God wasn't doing things in his life. Uh, can I tell you what happened last year? Uh, we baptized him in the name of Jesus. Uh, amen. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost uh, because God is working uh, even when I don't see him working. Uh, I wasn't there to lay hands on my father, but God filled him with the Holy Ghost uh, because there was a boy that prayed uh, since he was 10 years old god saved my father god keep your hand on my father don't take him until he's healed don't take him until he's saved i'm preaching to somebody you keep sowing you keep praying you keep believing god is working even when i don't see him working bible says that daniel prayed 21 days that the prince of Persia withstood the angel that had his message. You know what the scripture says? It says, "From the first day that Daniel lifted his voice, that the angel, that, Jesus, that God heard." and the angels were dispatched. Can I tell you there are things that are happening in the spiritual realm that we have no clue of? Can I tell you from the first moment you prayed, God heard, and there's an answer that's on his way. You know what the key is? Daniel kept praying. Daniel kept praying. Can I tell somebody, keep praying, keep believing. Your answer's on its way, and don't give up. Jesus is coming. And when Jesus shows up, everything changes. When Jesus shows up, come on demons are demons are i'm preaching to somebody when jesus shows up uh, come on in one moment prayers you prayed for a lifetime uh, come on begin to when you understand that even when i don't see him he's working on my behalf would you lift your hands and love jesus all over this house And so it's easy to read the scripture and say, well, yeah, nothing could stop God from getting to us. The storm couldn't stop Jesus from getting to this demoniac. But the Bible says he draws nigh to them that draw nigh to him. And so although nothing can stop God, how can I get to Jesus with all that's afflicting me? Your answer is found in Mark 5, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried out with a loud voice. There are three things that this man did. First, he got his eyes on Jesus. Next, he worshipped and then he cried out. I want you to understand something. This man was possessed with a legion of devils. The scripture here says that there was 2,000 devils. Amen. This man was possessed with so many demons. That's why when they shackled him, he was able to break out of the chains. He was able to break out of the bondage. But watch this. Where man couldn't work, amen. When he got his eyes on Jesus, 2,000 devils lost their power. There's a power in getting your eyes on Jesus. Come on, devils lose their power. Come on, disease loses its power. Come on, this man was plagued with 2,000 devils, but when he made up in his mind to get to Jesus, come on, the devils couldn't keep him. The devils couldn't keep him in the tomb. The Bible says he ran with a legion of devils on his back because he wanted to get to Jesus. Can I preach to somebody, if you want Jesus, There's nothing that can stop you from getting Jesus. Uh, If you want Jesus in your life, uh, there's nothing that can hold you back. You may say, preacher, come on, I grew up in the wrong home. I grew up on the wrong side of town. Come on, I don't have a GED. I don't have a high school diploma. Come on, I don't care what your education is. I don't care what your IQ is. I don't care where you grew up. I don't care how much knowledge you have. I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care the gender. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. If you make up in your mind, I'm going to get to Jesus. I'm telling you, hell can't stop you. The devil can't stop you. If you make up in your mind, I'm going to get to Jesus tonight, come on, Jesus is going to set you free. But it depends what you're looking at. Because this demoniac could have looked at his situation. This demoniac could have looked at the chains and the tombs, but instead he lifted up his eyes. Can I just minister for a few seconds and tell somebody, get your eyes off your problems. Get your eyes off your situation and get your eyes back on Jesus. That's why the Bible says, lift up your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help. I'm telling you, when you lift up your eyes and get your eyes on Jesus, you know what happens? You start realizing that Jesus is bigger than what I'm facing. That Jesus Jesus is bigger than my situation I'm preaching you got to get your eyes back on Jesus because when you get your eyes on Jesus everything that's plaguing you, you plaguing you loses its power amen and it's here that we reach the heart of what I want to preach to you tonight amen this is exciting God is working even, even when we don't see him working When we get our eyes on Jesus, nothing can stop us. But for the sake of time, I want to jump to what I feel in my spirit. Jesus cast out the devils. He allows them to go into the pigs. The pigs run violently down a steep place into the sea. I've heard it said that even the pigs had the sense not to put up with what we put up with. Amen. Amen. But even after these pigs were lost, everyone came out to see what had taken place. And when they see the man that he was possessed, that that was possessed, clothed, and in his right mind, they don't rejoice. They don't celebrate. The Bible tells us they were afraid. And now this man that had a legion of devils, there was a spirit that was on that man. But here in verse 16 and 17, you see the manifestation of another spirit. The spirit, I'm calling the spirit spirit. Of Gadara, Because the Bible tells us when they saw what happened, and they saw what happened to all their pigs, that they prayed for Jesus to leave their coast. When you begin to look into this area, swine was a major industry in this, in this area. Some believe it was a Greek area. Some believe it was a Jewish area. If it was a Jewish area, they weren't supposed to be dealing with pigs anyways. So Jesus was setting them free. However, this source of income had made them all very prosperous. And now that their gain was gone, they were infuriated. And it's here we see the spirit of Gadara. Rather than rejoicing over the changed life, they were upset about the loss of financial gain. Rather than getting excited about the win for the kingdom of God, They were upset about their physical loss in the kingdom of this world. Today, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I've come to preach against the spirit of Gadara. Because most of us here, under the sound of my voice, uh, we're Holy Ghost-filled apostolics. Uh, We're not in danger of being possessed by devils. Uh, But the spirit of Gadara can creep up on us in many different forms. Hear me. It's the spirit that becomes more concerned with the cares of this world than with the changed life, more concerned with money than it is with the gospel. And I've come to preach today that the key to unlocking continued revival in our church and the key to unlocking revival in your family and in your own life is to drive out the spirit of Gadara. Hear this, preacher. It's time for us to push back against the spirit that prioritizes the things of this world over the things of God. Push back against the spirit that puts worldly events over and above church events. Push back against the spirit of Gadara and say, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Come on, somebody help me preach in here. Because something powerful happens when family prayer night is more important than family game night. Something happens when you replace social media with devotion. Something happens when you shut off the news so you can spread the good news. Hear me, I don't ever want my personal gain to get in the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I haven't come tonight to tear anybody down. I've come to build you up and challenge you and tell you to put God first and watch what happens over the next few months of your life. I've come to challenge ARC and tell you to put God first and watch the miracles that are unlocked in this room. Put God first and watch the miracles that are unlocked in your marriage. Put God first and watch the miracles that are unlocked in your children. Come on. I'm not preaching. That we don't love Jesus. You wouldn't be here on a Monday night if you didn't love Jesus. Who comes to church on a Monday night? Those that love Jesus. But can I tell you, life has a way of causing our focus to get off track. Social media has a way of causing our focus to get off track. Where we begin to put other things on a pedestal. And how can we ask God to move on our life? when we have another God on the seat and the throne of our heart. Come on, how can God move in our life when we desire a home on a mountain more than we desire a move of God? How can God move in our church if we desire a pay raise more than we desire an anointing and a calling of God? I'm telling you, push back the spirit of Gadara and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Is there anybody that feels what I feel in this? Come on, I feel the whole Ghost right now. Come on. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. Jesus is first. Jesus is first. It's time for some of us to look at some worldly events and say, if it keeps me from the house of God, it's time for me to start saying no. If it pushes me away from my commitments, it's time for me to say no. Because hear this preacher, Jesus wants to be first in your home. Uh, He wants to be first in your marriage. Uh, He wants to be first in your family. God doesn't like being placed uh, second uh, after you've entertained yourself, uh, after you've had a good... I'm telling you, Jesus wants to be first. uh, And something powerful happens when we put Jesus first. I've come to tell somebody, put God first and watch what happens. Put God first and watch your children begin to walk in the Spirit. Push God first and watch souls begin to flood this place that need the Holy Ghost. Put God first and watch miracle signs and wonders break out in this tabernacle because I don't want the spirit of Gadara. I want the spirit of God. Uh, I, I'm preaching something in this atmosphere uh, that's similar to David that says, uh, as the heart penneth after the water, so my soul longs uh, for you. Uh, can I tell you, if you read about some of the greatest revivals uh, that ever happened in America, it came from people who were tarrying in the Holy Ghost. I feel this right now. I feel to preach this to somebody right now. It came from people that were waiting on Jesus. Can I tell you what happens when you're waiting on Jesus? Uh, There are some other things that get pushed to the side because God is most important. Uh, I'm telling you, when prayer begins to break out in your home uh, and it begins to break out in your church, uh, there's going to be a revival that blows your mind, uh, but you got to put God first. uh, and. I wonder, is there anybody in 2024 that can say, I still want Jesus. You're still the most important thing to me. Come on, I still love you more than this world. I love you more than financial gain. I love you more than my career. I love you more than my worldly friendships. Jesus, you're most important to me. Because there are some of us that are lifting up hands and praying for God to do things When God knows he's not first in your life. Uh, Amen. I'm not trying to put anybody down tonight. I pray you would catch my spirit tonight. Uh, I'm trying to help somebody. You got to put Jesus back first. Uh, You got to put Jesus back first. Uh, Come on. I know it's in. Come on. I encourage everybody. Go to the doctor. Do what's right. Uh, But somebody has to pray and believe again. Uh, Somebody has to put Jesus first. Uh, Somebody has to put Jesus first Uh, and say, I'm contending with the spirit of Gadara. I'm not going to let this world dictate to me what's important. I know what's important. It says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto me." Because what does it gain a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I'm preaching we got to get eternity back in our mind uh, that we're not, come on, we're not living for this world. Uh, come on, you, you, you may have 80, 90 years, but you have an eternity to spend somewhere. And what's going to be most important when the trumpet sounds It's not how many hours you worked. Come on, it's not what kind of car you drove, not what kind of house you had, uh, not what kind of flooring you had in your house. Uh, What's going to be most important uh, is what happens in moments uh, like this. Uh, What's going to be most important is how often uh, did I seek your face? Uh, I'm preaching to somebody because you have a calling on your life. You have a calling on your life. But the devil is counteracting the calling of God in your life with opportunities that lead you outside of his presence. And if you don't have the spirit of discernment, you're going to chase things that lead you out of the presence of God. And I've come to preach to somebody today. If you would put, come on, we don't serve a God that wants you to suffer. God wants you to have nice things. God wants you to enjoy life. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, but I'm preaching you got to put him first because if there's anything that pulls me from Jesus... Come on! I don't want it in my life. Uh, come on! I'm gonna war. Uh, I'm gonna wrestle with the, con- with the spirit of Gadera until Jesus is most important. Would you lift your hands and love Jesus all over this house? Oh, come on, A.R.C., I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Would you lift your hands and begin to pray? God is reaching for somebody today. God is reaching for somebody right now. He said, I'm poised to work. I'm poised to move. I'm poised to begin to create in your life. But you got to put me first. got to put me first. Because the kingdom of God is more important than the kingdom of this world. Amen. Amen. Allow me. There are two things. Amen. Two reasons that it's vitally important to fight against the spirit of Gadara. The first reason you have to fight the spirit of Gadara is because failing to prioritize the things of God will become the primary source of strife and hardship in your life. Failure to prioritize the things of God will become the primary source of hardship and strife in your life. Amen. Let's talk about it. James chapter number four, verse one through two reads as follows: "From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust? That war in your members: ye lust and have not; ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain; ye fight and war yet ye have not, because." Ye ask not. When you look at that scripture and other translations, the scripture at the end actually reads that ye have not because you do not ask God. What James was dealing with in this letter, it was a letter to the churches. What James was dealing with was all the warring, the fighting, the, the, covet, the coveting that was happening in the church. And he was saying it was all stemming from the fact that the church was wanting and desiring to have things, but nobody was asking God. All those things we mentioned were all a result, amen, of people seeking the things of the world before they were seeking God. There were people that were desiring things, but no one was asking God his opinion. And you know what the scripture said? It said, you have not because you ask not God. Can I tell you, amen, all these things that we listed, warring, fighting, infighting, we're not talking about things that were happening in the world. James was writing to the church. So all of those things you see listed in James chapter number four, he's talking about things that were transpiring in the church. Because when our, hear me, when our focus is off of God, we start to fight each other. When we forget that the devil is our enemy, we begin to think that our brother and sister in Christ are our enemy. And, and it doesn't even have, we could talk about Alexander the Great. It said that he wept when there were no more cities to be conquered because he understood what would play out. And it was exactly what happened. When there was no more common enemy that the people, his people, were fighting for, that nation tore itself apart within fighting. Can I preach to somebody today? I don't know why I'm here. It's not even in my notes. But hear me your enemy is not in these four walls. Your enemy is not in these four walls. There's a real devil. There's a. Re- there's a real hell, and we're fighting against it. Can I tell you, we're on the same team. And if we would stop fighting with each other and put the devil back in our cross sights, come on, we'll have revival, and we'll have victory. But it comes from putting God first. Bible says all these things are happening because no one was talking to God. No one was asking God. No one was asking God his opinion. No one was asking God what his will was. And I'm trying to preach to somebody when God is not first in your life, come on, strife and hardship begin to be formed in your life. But if you would seek first the kingdom of God, if you will pray and ask God, what do you think about this? Come on, I'm telling you, there will be some peace that begins to come in your home. There will be some peace that begins to come in this sanctuary. When we understand that. Uh, it's about what God wants. I can't tell you how many people have left the place that God planted them because of opportunity and they never prayed. The Bible says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God knows the thoughts and the plans that he thinks towards us. That lets me know that God has a plan for all of our lives. And before I chase after the things that I want, I have to make sure it's in alignment with the will of God for my life. Because hear me, this is why so many people are depressed. So many people are sad. So many people suffer with anxiety. Because you're never, hear me, I feel the Holy Ghost so strongly right now. You're never going to know what it's like to feel contentment until you're in the will of God and standing where he created for you to stand. How could I ever feel content if I'm in a place that God did not create me to go to? I'm telling you, I'm not saying that when you do the will of God that life becomes perfect. I'm not telling you when you do the will of God that all of a sudden there's just favor, there's just beautiful sunshine and skies are bright. I'm telling somebody, but you can have a peace in a storm that you won't have if you're not planted where God has planted you. I feel to tell somebody in ARC, this is your church. This is your city. This is where God has planted you. And if God has planted you here, you can grow here. You can have victory here. You can have peace here. You can have blessings here. You can have favor here. I'm preaching. Come on. You know what the Bible says? Uh, The Bible says he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. What am I saying? If you're planted where God has planted you, even in the presence of your enemies, God can prepare a table. You could feast in the middle, being surrounded by a legion of devils. You can put your feet down. Come on, and you can feast on the things of God. But there's a peace when you're walking with Jesus and when you're planted where God has called you to be. And I'm telling somebody today under the sound, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost. There are a lot of problems that will never even make it to your pastor's desk if you put God first in your life again. Hear me. Amen. Thank God for your pastor. Thank God for your pastor's wife. They are there for you if you need them. But hear this preacher. There are things that are going to begin to be worked out before you even bring it to your pastor's attention. If you would put God, I'm challenging someone today, if you would put God first, there are some situations that are going to start to work themselves out. And when those situations work themselves out, your focus can go back to revival and it could go back to the Holy Ghost. It could go back to the things of God. but you got to put God first. got to push back against the spirit of Gadara and say, Jesus, you're still the most important thing in my life. Would you lift your hands? Can we pray for a few moments? I'm almost done. Come on, can we pray, R.C.? I'm almost done. Oh, come on, Jesus is speaking to somebody right now. Jesus is speaking. Come on, I'm not trying to emotionalize this moment, but I felt the Holy Ghost so strong to preach this to you today. Come on, there's happier messages. There's more exciting messages. uh, But I'm not interested in entertaining. I want the people of God to be blessed. uh, And I feel the voice of the Lord telling somebody, if you put me first, uh, if you'd ask me what I think, uh, if you would seek my face and pray, then I will hear from heaven. Hallelujah. We live in a generation where we are constantly fighting with those that mean the most. Feeling unsatisfied with our jobs. Struggling in marriages. Feeling unsatisfied about schools. Constantly warring and having internal battles. Wanting things and not having them. But what we must do when we find ourselves on similar ground, we have to check what position God is at in our life. I've come to preach today that it's time for us to contend with the spirit of Gadara that would try to figure things out on our own. Contend with the spirit that would make God our last resort because hear this preacher, as bad as we want revival and we want another building, hear me, there can be no forward momentum with backwards priorities. There can be no forward momentum with backwards priorities uh, because guess what? You know what Moses said? You know what Moses said? God told them because they had messed up. He said, you know what? I'm still going to give you everything that you want. I'm going to give you the promised land. I'll even send an angel before you to drive out the inhabitants of the land. But I will not go with you because of the mistake that they had made. He was telling Moses, I'll give you everything that you want. But I'm not going to go with you because Israel has backwards priorities. And Moses said something that resonates with me tonight. It's the heart of what I'm trying to drive into your spirit. He said, God, if you do not go with us, don't take me up from here. Can I tell you, it was prophesied to the children of Israel that they were going to have a land that that was their own. Can I tell you, they dreamed about this land, why they wrestled with 400 years of slavery, amen. But they had reached a place where they could have their dreams, but they couldn't have God. And Moses said, I'd rather stay in this wilderness than go somewhere where you do not go with me. I'm trying to preach to you, what if God was willing to give you everything that you wanted, uh, but God was not willing to go with you? Uh, I've come to tell you got to get something in your spirit uh, that says, even uh, if I'm in this darkness uh, all the rest of the days of my life, uh, leave me in the wilderness. Uh, Bury me in the wilderness uh, if that's where God is, uh, if that's where God is. Because what's more important than the promised land is the promise keeper. Come on, put God first. Put God first. Put God first. Uh, We got to get back to what this is all about. Uh, This is his kingdom. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Uh, I'm preaching. You got to push back against the spirit of Gadara. Hear me, man of God. There's nothing wrong with wanting to provide for your family. Hear me, there's nothing wrong with wanting a better life for your family and a better life. You, you grew up with nothing, and so you chase after everything. But I've come to tell you that Jesus is everything. And if you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. you got to fight against the spirit that would make you prioritize things that are not of God. we got a war against the spirit of Gadara. It's about to change life. It's about people being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's about people being set free. It's not about me. It's not about my car. It's not about my house. It's about the furthering of the kingdom of God. God wants to come back to the forefront of our life god is not interested in being consulted after we have tried everything else god is not interested in being second fiddle god wants to be first in your life and if you put god first and you push back uh, against the spirit of gadara i'm telling you there's a peace that follows there's an order that follows there's a stability that follows but you have to put god first The second and last reason, let's all stand. We're running out of time tonight. The second reason we must fight against the spirit of Gadara can be found in Haggai chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. And this is the reason. Failure, hear me, failure to contend with the spirit of Gadara will cause all your efforts to become fruitless. Failing to contend with the spirit of Gadara will cause all your efforts to be fruitless. And Haggai, what's happening here, the scripture will say, is it time for you to dwell in your sealed houses and my house lie in waste? And when you begin to study the scripture, what you'll find is that there were people that were taking the lumber that was reserved for the building of the house of God, and they were using it to build their own house. They were building their kingdom, but the tabernacle was lying in the waste uh, and the spirit of God was pushing. uh, My house cannot lie in ruin while you build your mansion. uh, You got to put me first. Not only that, but the Bible says you've sown much. Watch this. You've sown much and you bring in little. You drink, but you are not filled. You clothe yourself, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. It didn't matter how much they brought in. They were putting it into a bag with holes. What God was saying, the more they brought in, the more that went out. Because hear this preacher, God will not allow money to be your God. God will not allow money to be your God. And if you have set money up, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you have set money up to be the answer to all your problems, God is not interested in being second to money. And he's saying it doesn't matter how much you bring in, it'll go out if you don't put me first. Did you forget Israel? That I provided for you in the wilderness. Did you forget that when you were thirsty, uh, I caused water to flow from rocks uh, when you were hungry? I had bread that fell from heaven uh, when you wanted meat. Uh, I had quail that fell from heaven. I can provide for you, I can take care of you. You got to put me first. You got to put me first. Hear me, man of God. Hear me, man of God. Amen. We're about to go evangelize and take a trip with my family. I shared this with your pastor. Amen. It's funny the things you're worried about. I won't get into all the details. But I was worried about not having enough money. And an opportunity to present itself that would give me more than enough money I would need to take care of that situation. But I felt the Holy Ghost tell me, you need to pray and you need to seek me first. I didn't know where the money was going to come from. I didn't know how when we flew out, how we were even going to be able to afford a rental car. But can I tell you, I went to the altar and I prayed. And can I tell you, God opened the door. God got us there. God took care of us because God wants us to understand. I'm willing to bless you, but I have to be the answer and not money. Now I'm not preaching, amen, I don't want the husbands to go home tonight and say, well, I'm not working anymore, God's gonna take care of us, amen. But I'm telling you, hear me, there are gonna be moments you feel checked in your spirit that I need to say no and I need to be at the house of God. And in moments like that, you need to respond in faith because God has to be first. God has to be first. I'm trying to help somebody. I know what it's like to lack. I know what it's like to want. I know what it's like to need things. I know what it's like to desire a better life for myself, a better life for my family. But hear this preacher. When it's all said and done, there's going to be a mansion in heaven because a man made up his mind that I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. There's a crown that's going to be placed on your head. And all the sufferings of this life will see seem dim in comparison when you step into heaven and you see jesus face to face but you got to wrestle with the you got to wrestle with the spirit of gadara and i'm going to say this in close there are callings that god is going to put on some people's life i'm not saying that you're going to have a platform i'm not saying you're going to be a preacher but i'm telling you that god hear me god is going to unlock dreams in this congregation God is going to unlock dreams in this congregation that you're going to bring to your man of God, and it's going to facilitate revival in this city. Hear me. Hear me. Not every idea has to come from the pastor and his wife. This is your church. God is wanting to speak to some of you and unlock revival in Carson City. But you got to seek first the kingdom of God. You gotta seek first the king. I'm trying to help somebody. You gotta push back against the spirit that says, uh, Come on, I'll give God the time I have left after I travel the world, uh, after my bank account is just where I need it to be. I'm preaching, put God first, put God first, put God first. I hear the voice of the Lord saying, Put me back on the throne of your heart. Put me back first, and I'll give you everything that you want. But you know what? This amen. I keep saying this the last thing praise god abraham i have to be see i have to see if you're willing to let it go before i give it back to you god's not wanting to take away your dreams now there are some of you that have a calling on your life you're going to have to forsake some things but hear me god is not wanting to take away all of your dreams god is wanting to see if you'll lay it down for him and he'll give it back to you, and he'll bless you, and he'll give to you, but he has to come first. I need every hand lifted right now and every eye closed. There are some of you who have been worried about a career. Worried about finances. Worried about the cares of this world. And the voice of the Lord is speaking in this house tonight. uh, Saying contend, contend, contend with the spirit of Gadara. There's a miracle that's happening in your midst and you're blinded. Because you're worried about the loss of gain and not the man who was cutting himself with stones and ready to kill himself, who was restored and set free, far be it from us, that we'd ever prioritize anything other than souls being saved. Would you, if you feel challenged in the Spirit, I'm not speaking to everybody, but if you feel challenged in the Spirit, I want you to come down to this altar right now and lift your hands. And what I feel tonight is that someone needs to make a new commitment that, God, you are first. And, God, I'm sorry that I've gotten things out of alignment. I'm sorry that I've chased money. I'm sorry that I thought that happiness can come from another place when it's always been about you. It's always been about you, Jesus. God, here I am. Somebody pray this prayer right now. God, I'm putting you back first. God, I'm chasing after you. I'm chasing after you because I want you more than anything this world
1: can give me.
0: Come on, let's lift our hands and pray, Arcee. There's a sweet touch of the Holy Ghost. That's sweeping across this place right now. Is the creator saying, God, saying, come on, I'm here, I'm available. But have you sought me?
1: Longing just to
0: When did I become not enough?
1: Something that's a word that will bless your heart.
0: Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God.
1: That's it, let's pray our song for a song in itself is not what you have required you such much deeper
2: that's it all across this building the Holy Ghost is moving come on we're contending with the spirit of Gadara we're pushing back against the spirit of Gadara that says Jesus go away that says Jesus get out of our coast no Jesus we want you here We want you in our lives. We want you in our family. We want you in our church. We want you in our finances. We want you in our marriages. We want you in our kids. We want you in our home. Don't go away, Jesus. I'm not going to let anything else cause me to get Jesus away. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Come on, don't. It's not about all this other stuff in the world. Come on, this is all about Jesus. Hallelujah. This is a Jesus-only church. This is a Jesus-everything church. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, church, I want to tell you that was that was a word from the Holy Ghost. And I, I could tell there were just moments where, amen, he just he just moved in it. There are people that have been praying and they have needed answers. And I, you know, I don't talk to the preacher about anybody, but I, I you know, that's what I love when I bring in an evangelist, because then I, I know God's speaking to us because man, he he was reading mail, paying for stamps and first class shipped to your house. Some people, you know, it's like we can't figure out why things aren't working out. It's because we keep trying to do it without God. It's like, you know, and I talked about it the other day. It's like, we, we're, oh, I'm, I want the will of God. The truth is we want the will of me. I want God to do what I want Him to do, but that's not how it works. There are people that God has got very specific plans for your life, and those plans, Jonah... Are more important than you. They're more important than your plans. And if it means putting you in a place of pressure to get you back to Nineveh, he's going to do it. If it means you have to keep being broke, he's going to let you keep being broke. If he need, come on somebody. If he needs to cause the pigs to drown in your life, he's going to let it keep happening. But there's so many people. They just say, "Well, Jesus, I don't want this anymore. Send them away." And he departed from their coast. And as the preacher said, Jesus it was never, never recorded to go back to the Gadarenes. I don't want to send Jesus away and miss out on what could have been. I imagine, you know, in fact, he didn't even know this, but that is probably my favorite chapter in the New Testament as far as the, the, the Gospels. My favorite chapter, that story specifically. I wonder what kind of revival would have been if they would have said, we want Jesus here. We're going to keep God in this picture. And we, we want God more than we want our comfort. We want God more than we want our, our business. We want God more than we want. Hallelujah. So that is, that is a powerful word. I don't, I'm not going to repreach anything. But we need to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's God what is right. And that's what I'm going to seek after. What is right in my life? What is right for my life? And that is what I'm going to seek after. And I'm not, I love how the Bible puts it, I'm not going to do it at the end. And I'm not going to do it as an afterthought. Seek ye first. That's the first thing. Is God a last resort to you after your plans don't work out? Or is God the first thing you go to? I want to tell you, we have been challenged tonight, church. I believe this is revival. You believe that? I believe this is revival. Would you lift up your hands one more time? Come on, let's pray all across the building. Father, we love you. We thank you tonight. We thank you for this word. Thank you for the spirit that we feel in this place. Man, I feel, I feel revival. I feel a word of the Lord stirring in the hearts of people. I believe somebody got their answer. They need to go back and check what the will of the Lord is and what the will of them is. And They need to go and say, God, I'm going to repent. I'm going to make it right. I don't want Jesus to leave this circumstance. I want Jesus to stay. And there's somebody that's going to go back to seeking God first. They're contending with the spirit of Gadara, that human spirit that sends Jesus out of the picture. And I'm praying right now, In the name of Jesus, that this, amen, revival, this spirit that we feel would continue, amen, beyond tonight. It would go home with us. It would go to work with us. Amen. It would go in the family, in the marriage, in the kids, in the finances, in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. You don't want to forget, amen, a great way you can can seek God first is you can come to the church tomorrow night. From seven to eight or however long you can come, amen. The doors will be open and you can come and pray and seek the face of the Lord. Amen. And if you if you don't have any plans for Wednesday, you know, and you got a key, the doors are gonna you can open up the doors, unlock them. Make sure you lock them up when you're done. You can pray. Come back on Sunday. Amen. We're gonna continue on in the spirit of revival, and then Brother Puller will be right back with us that next Wednesday. Amen. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to have food here in a little bit. So if you have the ability to stay for food, stay. It's going to be a great time. But while they're getting everything prepared, uh, why don't you shake hands, be friendly, love one another, greet the Puller family, tell them you can't wait to have them back in just a couple days. In Jesus' name.